didn't we just do this like 10 minutes ago? It sure seems that way, but here we are again with another Built by Bama Online podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you midday Wednesday. That's right. After joining you with some breaking news on Tuesday night, uh, some more not-so-pleasant news for Alabama fans and the Alabama Crimson Tide as word began to spread on Wednesday morning, that junior inside linebacker Dylan Moses had sustained a knee injury of significance. And joining me to talk about that and where the Crimson Tide goes from here at the position is beat reporter, team insider, Charlie Potter. Uh, Charlie, do you just kind of sleep next to the, the podcast set up at these points with the way we're, we're turning these out? <laughs> basically yeah I don't I don't unplug it I don't push it to the side like I usually do I have it ready to go because this week has been pretty hectic and we still have you know a few days before the season opener comes but yeah I mean this morning um you know more linebacker injury news that's kind of been a trend these last couple of years and um you know it's it's significant because Dylan Moses is a guy that he's a preseason all-american uh, he's going to be the quarterback of the, the defense and you know, for him to sustain um, what we're being told is a severe injury to his knee during yesterday's practice, one that will require surgery and leave him out for an indefinite period of time. Um, that's a big blow. Um, he's a leader. Um, I think a lot of people on that defense look to him as the leader. I know he said that um, and he looks at older guys like Anthony Jennings, um, you know, for advice and stuff like that. But he views himself as that guy in the middle of the defense, which you would want uh, from your Mike linebacker and that alpha. And, and now he's gone. And, um, you know, I, I think it's it's a significant blow in several ways. Uh, one, he's a fantastic athlete. He has been really since he burst onto the scene as an eighth grader. You lose his experience and his knowledge as a veteran returning starter. And then you're everyone knows that Alabama is expected to start a true freshman, obviously Dylan Moses. And he's kind of been there as that guiding force to help him along as he takes on the position. So um, several different avenues where that's a big blow for Alabama. Um, you know, it, it's a position that we've talked about all offseason long that is thin. And now um, it lost probably the, at least on the defensive side of the ball, probably the most important player to that unit uh, just a few days before the season opener. Yeah, I know that you ranked, in your opinion, the top 25 most important players for Alabama and, uh, in 2019. And you had Dylan, what, second on that list by Tua Tonga Vailoa? Yeah, he was number two. Yeah, I think that's dead on. Uh, I think what you just said. Um, you know, and here's the hope. First of all, you hope for Dylan personally that everything goes well and he's able to get back to where, you know, he wants to be physically, perhaps to the point where he might even have a decision still to make uh, where the 2020 draft is concerned with the National Football League. But, you know, also you can still keep his presence with this team as much as possible, right? I mean, if I'm Pete Golding, I want to keep both he and Josh McMillan in that room at least to try to help these young guys, I would think. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, this is a, a separate topic, but I'm planning on doing a long story on Trayvon Diggs, who went through this last year, even though it was a foot injury. And he said one of the toughest things is not being able to be around the team, but he tried to immerse himself as much as possible and kind of be a coach on the field and observe and, and learn things he wouldn't have learned otherwise. So I think they're going to try to do that, um, you know, especially with a guy like Christian Harris, 
being from Baton Rouge, being from Univers University Lab High School, uh, basically living under Dylan Moses' wing. Uh, you need a guy like Dylan that he has that relationship with, that confidence and that comfortability with, um, so, to be there and be a sounding board for these young guys. I think he will be. Um, you know, Dylan's a guy that you know, likes to live up at the facility. Um, you know, he's he's – He's everything that you want in an inside linebacker, especially one calling the defense. And I think Nick Saban really said it the best. Um, you know, he said that this is a, a character check for the team, that they're going to do everything to support Dylan, obviously. But, you know, it's, it's a big opportunity for these young guys to see where they stand because Dylan was going to be the face of that defense, the leader of that defense, calling plays and everything else. And I think as much as they can continue to keep him involved, especially for those young guys' sakes, I think that'll be really important for Alabama. So based on what we heard from Nick Saban mid-morning on Wednesday and uh, during his time on the SEC coaches teleconference, uh, are we looking at two true freshmen on the opening snap for, for Duke uh, on Saturday afternoon in Atlanta, you think? Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm kind of after hearing from him and basically seeing what we've seen the last several practices, I'd be shocked if that's not the case. Um, here's the direct quote. Here's what Nick Saban said when asked about um, the inside linebackers and specifically the freshmen. But I think what he said is talent. He said, Christian Harris has had an outstanding fall camp and has been running with the starting unit. And Shane Lee is the backup Mike. And he's the guy that will have an opportunity to play now. So, I mean, basically, he's the guy. Cutting, yeah, he's cut the guy. Dry, that's what that's it's going to be. From that. Yeah, exactly. And then. Yeah. Later on, he's asked about basically just the, the crash course that these guys are going to be on this week to try to learn the defense and be able to call that defense out there as the signal callers, the inside linebacker positions. And um, he, he was pretty positive about what he's seen and, and pleased by that. And you know, he said that fortunately, both Shane Lee and Christian Harris, uh, they've been very engaged. They're bright guys and they've been able to go out there uh, and, and do what they need to do to play right. So I think he feels pretty good about those players. I, I think that wouldn't be the case um, had it had had other players like an Ali Caho, a Markel Benton, a Jalen Moody, you know, stepped up and showed him what he needs to see to to give them playing time. I think it's it's very telling that these true freshmen, when you have your most experienced linebacker and then your oldest linebacker both go down with season-ending injuries, that the true freshmen kind of rise to the top of the crop and uh, look to to carve out starting roles. So I think. You know, I know Alabama fans are um, you know, really nervous, uh, anxious to see what happens, but it sounds like uh, the coaching staff feels really good about these two guys. I know they're true freshmen. It's going to be they're going to be thrown into the deep end right away, but you know, they've shown the things that the coaches need to see to trust to put them out there. I'll say that. Yeah, and benefiting Shane Lee, obviously an early enrollee uh, who had the benefit of spring practice. Christian Harris. Not as much, but we saw Shane Lee, even in the spring, sort of rise up the depth chart over the course of 15 practices. Looked like he continued that in fall camp. So this has been sort of a consistent theme with Shane Lee, whereas with uh, Jalen Moody and Ali Cahoe and Markel Benton during their times at UA, it's sort of been a little bit forward and then it seems like a little bit back. Uh, with Harris and Lee, although it's been, again, very short periods of time for both, there's been sort of a consistency in, in how they're trending. So uh, it was a group. It is a group. I think it's a duo that when you think about 2020, Charlie, it was easy, even in the last few days, to envision those two guys uh, being the starting inside linebackers. It's just that it looks like it's probably going to be 
2019 instead. So let's talk about how the schedule sets up, though, Charlie, and, and how that might benefit Alabama uh, in, in this situation with, with such inexperience and youth at inside linebacker now. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's um, you know talked about the schedule all off season long. It's it's not when that's going to put you know tear in a lot of people. Um, you obviously open up with Duke this weekend, then you host New Mexico State the following week. In week three, Alabama opens SEC play by traveling to South Carolina. The next week, they host Southern Miss. So I don't think any of those games are just you know striking fear in, in the hearts of the Alabama players. I know Nick Saban doesn't want to hear that, but especially these first two games, um, I think is going to give those young guys an opportunity to get their feet wet, to maybe if they make mistakes, to learn from them. And um, that that's the benefit of a schedule like this. If this was next season, like we were talking about these guys potentially being the starters next year, <laughs> Alabama has to face USC and, and Georgia in the first three weeks. It, it would be a much different story. But, um, you know, no offense to Duke and, um, you know, New Mexico State, but you know, Alabama is going to be able to, to do some things and to, to keep their players a little safer uh, out there. And I think it benefits, you know, the, the matchup with these Duke Blue Devils. We were talking about, uh, I think it's on the last podcast, with how their offense is going to want to you know, keep things tight. And, and, and those linebackers are just going to have to run downhill instead of side to side a lot of the time. So um, it, it's a good um, first couple games for them to get acclimated to be able to to call the defense, to go back to the sideline, maybe see what they did wrong and adjust to it, whereas they're not going up against your typical blue blood uh, in that neutral side game. So um, as much as people have you know scoffed at the the schedule, I think Alabama fans now with all this injury news and, and things like that, I think they have to be pretty pleased with how it's kind of shaped up for Alabama. Yeah, and look, David Cutcliffe is a savvy veteran offensive mind. And he and that staff for Duke, they're going to do you some favors. It might be some tough love at times on Saturday if you're an Alabama fan and what Duke uh, looks to do uh, against these inside linebackers. Because even with Dylan Moses, Duke was going to look to feature the unquestioned strength of its offense, and that's the two running backs, Deion Jackson and Britton Brown. Well, yeah, that, that's only going to be heightened, i got to think now. Not that coaches are going to entirely change game plans. Uh, the point is Duke wasn't going to have to do that regardless. Duke was going to look to uh, feature those guys. And uh, so you're going to get a nice test for these Alabama inside linebackers between both scheme uh, and also personnel that you're going to see from Duke uh, on Saturday. Now, given the just incredibly lengthy list we've seen of injuries, not just at linebacker, but it seems like more so at linebacker, Charlie. I know you've heard it. I've heard it. I've been asked about it. What in the hell is going on over off Bryant Drive that is leading to all these injuries? And the consistent answer I've given is that it's football, you know, and you know, like like a lot of other things in football, there's fortune involved when it comes to injuries, probably as much as anything. Uh, you can't control them. Um, you, I don't think you can train or diet or you can certainly do some things preventively to help. Um but, you know, what's your answer to that, Charlie? Yeah, I definitely think that um, you can limit what you do on the field. 
But, you know, Nick Saban has said time and time again how football is a contact sport. And I think they've been very aggressive in practice. I think that's what leads to, um, you know, the, the way that we see Alabama go out and perform in these first games. Um, you look at week zero and the, the talk after those games and, you know, the, the Monday, Tuesday after is how sloppy those Miami and, and Florida games were. And a lot of that has to do with tackling and missed assignments and things like that. Well, Alabama hits things home in practice so that they uh, do it so much that they can't get it wrong. That's a, that's a coin Nick Saban phrase. So I think that they are cautious with players. We've seen Dylan Moses be held out uh, for precautionary reasons uh, earlier in fall camp. We've seen the same with guys like Anthony Jennings, Terrell Lewis. Um, so they're smart about it, but they're not going to go out there and wrap the players in bubble wrap and um, just hope for the best. So you know, they have to get those reps, whether they're physical or mental. And a lot of times they're both at the same time and uh, they're going to hit each other. They're going to be aggressive and try to make plays. And uh, a lot of these guys are, are fighting for, for playing position, you know, before that or um, leading up to those second scrimmages. And when Alabama starts to decide what guys they're going to really get ready for the season, those guys, it's just like training camp in the NFL. Those young guys are battling for position and, and um, spots in the pecking order. So it's going to be aggressive. And it is, it is weird. You look at the trend. I think it was Chris Hummer tweeted it out of the linebacker. In, uh, injuries the last three seasons and you have a couple of starters this year you have guys that are going to make an impact last year 2017 was was crazy with sdh and, and dylan and Anthony and terrell lewis and christian miller so uh, it is kind of a trend you could say they're maybe a little jinxed in, in that department but um you know those linebackers they're always the, the aggressive leaders of that defense and, and they don't really take that uh, away from them in practice yeah, and the thing is, I also don't think the perception on the outside of Alabama football practice that they're in there, um, you know, with nunchucks and tridents <laughs> and uh, things like that going at it isn't entirely true. I do think this, and I think this is more of what you're hitting on, is that when they go, they go at a tempo and a pace that is anything but half speed or 75%. And when you do that, even from a non-contact standpoint, which I think more of these injuries have probably been related to non-contact situations than we even realize, um, people are going to get hurt. You know, when people are 6'3", 6'4", 240 to 320 pounds, uh, and they're moving at a speed and with torque that just isn't common for human beings, uh, things give way. Unfortunately, and uh, I think Alabama has been subjected to an inordinate amount of those, uh, obviously. Really, even if you go back to the 2016 SEC championship game, that's where Sean Dion Hamilton against Florida went out with a knee injury. And then, of course, the opener in 2017 really got the snowball going, it seemed like, uh, as much as anything else. Um, Charlie, as we continue on here, I know we're focused on Shane Lee. I know we're focused on Christian Harris. Uh, But much like the situation, even more so the situation uh, that we saw after the Joshua McMillan injury, uh, Ali Cahoe, Jalen Maiden, uh, Markel Benton, you got to start thinking about a third and fourth guy now, right? How would you sort of lay that out right now? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think in the last couple of practices, we've seen guys like, um, Jalen Moody and Markel Benton kind of shadowing the young guys. We saw, I believe it was 
Shane Lee and Markel Benton were kind of the next two up before Dylan Moses's injury. That's obviously with Moses and Christian Harris running with the ones and uh, Ali Kaho and um, you know, it wasn't on the field for that. So they do need those guys to continue to be um, engaged because I know it, it isn't easy for a guy that's been in the program longer to see a true freshman come in and win a starting job. And now you have two of those guys that have done that. So guys like Benton who have been in the program, uh, Moody and Caho, who kind of seem like guys that maybe would take that next step uh, this offseason, they have to stay engaged. They have to be you know, continually learning this defense and how to call it because, yeah, I mean, we've, we've laid it out. Injuries are going to happen at this inside linebacker position, even just the linebacking core in general. So they have to continue to be locked in and focused and learning and, and paying attention, all those things. So for me, um, I, I think if, if something were to happen with those true freshmen, uh, maybe Jalen Moody's the next guy up. Um, you know, Benton is the, is the third player in terms of seniority in that room behind McMillan and Moses. And, um, yeah, I think that he's a guy that might give a look. So I think those would be your next wave of players. But, um, you know, Nick Saban was pretty complimentary of the other three outside of the true freshmen talking about how the competition is still there, which you expect him to say. And, um, you know, how everybody's trying to, you know, stay engaged and stay focused, like I was saying. So um, that'll be interesting. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully we don't have to have another one of these emergency podcasts during the week and everything uh, will be smooth sailing until the, the opener. But I'll probably just jinx this and we'll probably do this again yeah. maybe even later today. Yeah, join us again at 2 o'clock this afternoon <laughs> for uh, the Built by Bama online podcast. Um, a- again, though, you know, for me, it goes back to just about every year under Nick Saban, Alabama's been able to get through a season with an every-down guy in place. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be the case. That's not going to be the case in 2019, whether it was Rolando McClain, whether it was Dante Hightower, whether it was C.J. Mosley, um, you know, Reuben Foster, Reggie Raglan, you can go down the list. Uh, they've always had that dude. Um, now when we talk about base nickel dime, uh, is Shane Lee, is Shane Lee the every down guy now? Is it Christian Harris? Uh, because based on what we see in some of the dime drills uh, of late, right? We've seen Shane Lee in there at the Mac in the dime more than we've seen, I think, Christian Harris. Yeah, we have. And you know, with him being the backup Mike, he's just kind of that next signal caller. Um, I think Christian Harris, what they've seen from him, they like his athletic ability, the way he can run, the way he can cover. Uh, it sounds like in that second scrimmage, he came up and made some big hits. Uh, but it, it might be a situation where Shane Lee knows the defense a little better. Obviously, he's been here longer and we've seen him kind of rise up that pecking order and be um, on that the fringe of maybe maybe not first team player, but definitely a guy that if somewhere were to go down, he would be the next in line. So, um, you know, when it comes to just being able to call the defense, I think we'll see 35 maybe doing a little bit more of that. I think eight will certainly you'll grow into that and get more comfortable. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when we've seen that at practice, it's been Shane Lee out there. I, I'll be interested to see. Uh, I don't know if we'll see a lot of it against Duke. But we were just talking about, you know, Christian Harris's coverage ability and being a former 
cornerback, safety, defensive back in high school. Um, if he's out there in a dime look and obviously a passing situation, you might want him on the field more just because of what yeah. he brings to the table. But I think right now, just from a knowledge standpoint, being comfortable, uh, more comfortable with the defense, I think they would probably lean more to, towards Shane Lee. I think that's definitely something that maybe could change over the course of the season and maybe they kind of go uh, platoon route with those two. Something we probably should have touched on already is – in those dime and pass rush situation, passing situations, you lose Dylan Moses as a potential pass rusher too, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big blow because he's a guy that um, we've seen numerous times over the last three seasons um, or the last two seasons and obviously this preseason uh, work with the outside linebackers at times during drills to, to work on that pass rushing. He's he's one of the better ones off the edge. Um, he was I think he was listed as an outside linebacker uh, out of high school during the recruiting process. So yeah, that's a that's a big blow. And uh, they're going to need those outside linebackers now to stay healthy. Uh, they don't need to yeah. be bitten by that injury bug uh, by any means. And um, you know we've we've talked about already uh, for the start of this this Duke game. Uh, depends on how long it's going to be now, but a guy like Terrell Lewis won't be on the field. So, yeah, the the pass rush, um, I, I think that's going to be overall one of the things that I'm interested to see how it'll kind of play out and, and what players are, are producing there in this first game for sure. And we've seen in some situations, Charlie, as we wrap it up, um, we've seen Alabama take from one position, whether it's inside or outside, to bolster the other in situations like this, not to the extent of this, but when I look at outside linebacker right now, is it really anyone that, that Pete Golding could go over there and take and say, look, we're going to go ahead and start repping you up more at, at inside linebacker. Because as you just sort of outlined the, the overall depth uh, at outside linebacker isn't, isn't what we saw three years ago uh, say. No, it isn't. And I think if if I were to pick somebody, I might go with Ben Davis just because he's yeah. played both. Um, you know, I think Alabama fans are pretty happy to see him make the the two deep, and we'll see if he actually contributes this fall. Uh, I still think you and I agree that he needs to get on special teams first, and we'll see how that plays out this Saturday. But you know, he's a guy that has experience at both positions, and if they were to move somebody or maybe. Um, you know, cross train somebody leading up to, I guess, in an, an emergency situation, he would probably be the guy I lean to. But yeah, I, I don't know if we even see that because I think they need to get these young guys as many reps as possible. I think guys like Benton and Caho and Moody need to continue to get reps. So yeah, I mean, I, I'll be interested to see if we see some of that today. I know there's practice viewing coming up here in a, in a few hours, but yeah, I mean, they, they got a tough um, road ahead. If these young guys can, can learn the defense and not just go out there and freak out. Alabama will be okay, but the injuries don't need to start piling up because then they'll be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. And you know, this extends into your special teams too, Charlie. And I know I I keep saying we're going to wrap it up, but it, it just (laughs) speaks to how far the tentacles are in a situation like this. When you lose your top two inside linebackers uh, and then guys like Christian Harris and Shane Lee and, you know, some of these others that you felt pretty sure would be a part of your kick coverage and maybe core special teams guys going into a season. Now they're in every down rolls um, and it puts you in a situation from special teams where you got to look at uh, moving some guys up. And, you know, with Ben Davis, I'll say this for him. He apparently had that corrective surgery for his shins last offseason. Perhaps that's helped him uh, from a health standpoint. 
but who knows? I mean, you have another injury or two at outside linebacker. You might be shipping Cameron Latou back to defense from uh, from tight end, Charlie. There's so many different scenarios we could go over. But uh, we'll spare you of those for now. That's plenty of uh, analysis and insight, I think, for uh, this time uh, on the linebacker situation at the University of Alabama. Charlie, as always, great work on the website, BamaOnline.com, keeping us informed and up to speed on what's going on. Certainly has been a very newsy 16 hours or so over at the Capstone. Hey, man, I look forward to a football game, regardless of who lines up where or who's playing. I'm just ready for a football game at this point, Charlie. I know. I was saying that Monday, and uh, <laughs> I think – my Wednesday self would tell my Monday self, you don't know how true those words are. I'm ready for Saturday for sure. Uh, you know, we wanted a reason to watch this game. Well, <laughs> the last day has given us plenty. And I think when you start thinking ahead to South Carolina in a couple of weeks now with the way things have shaken out here, uh, it, it adds some intrigue uh, throughout the coming weeks as well. Charlie Potter does an outstanding job for us there at BamaOnline.com. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. Certainly hope you subscribe if you haven't already. It's the Built by Bama Online podcast for Charlie Potter, Travis Schreier. Thanking you once again. We'll talk to you again real soon on the Built by Bama Online podcast.